It's the most the wonderful tie to wear. Of the year. It's the most the wonderful tie of the year. Deck the halls with boughs of holly. It's first Friday. Tis a season to be jolly. It's first Friday. It's first Friday. It's first Friday. All right, that was our Christmas jingle. Christmas jingle didn't mess up. Might have noticed it wasn't the normal jingle because... It was not normal jingle. And why didn't we do a normal jingle? Because today is the first season of... Today's first day, first Sunday of Advent. Yes! yes. Best season of the year. That's we're going right. to explain why. Favorite liturgical season. And this episode, we're going to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Man. With some advantageous... Advantations. Okay, so we're going to explain that <laughs> in a second. Brother Andrew and I both just went for a jog That's on a right. Sunday morning. It's great to do yeah, mass breakfast and then a little jog. A run, yeah. We go through like ancient Rome's parks and yeah. we it's finished at St. Peter's. It's a beautiful day today. Did you go to St. Peter's? <clears throat> no, I stayed in a park. I stayed in a park. Beautiful. Yeah. Pompili. Yeah, exactly. So getting back from that, I don't know. Did you notice the sheep in the back of our house? I heard them. I, and I, <laughs> I saw them. I saw them on the on the hill. Yeah, behind the behind the house. Yeah, exactly. So was there, I, were there a lot of them? Or? There was. Yeah, I mean, they were hidden in the bushes. Kind of hard to see. Yeah. But I did okay. one of those. And like ten of them looked at me. I think they actually thought I was a sheep. <laughs> so yeah, that was pretty cool. <laughs> Since we're called to be shepherds, that's right. You gotta know the sheep. And it's pretty cool. They say that a sheep knows the voice of the shepherd. So really? like, if anyone else tries to call the sheep mm-hmm. besides the person who. They know it's their shepherd. Yeah, they'll ignore him. But so, but would you want to smell like the sheep, brother Luke? Well, that's, if, what, that's what Pope Francis says. Yeah, and so if you're Catholic, then yes, you have to smell like. The and sheep. I'm Catholic, so. so did you go up and like rub your body against the the wool? No, actually, I <laughs> I had a, a podcast to uh, podcast to, to record. Yeah, you know, to record. So that's right. Didn't have time. Um, but <laughs> so we're really excited about uh, yeah. this Advent, and just recently I was able to go with a group of brothers. And to kickstart our Advent, although yeah. it was before Advent, uh-huh. we had Mass in the bedroom, the former bedroom of St. Ignatius of Loyola, founder of the Jesuits. Wow. Was that, that, so that was at the Church of the Jesu? Jesu, here? yeah. Okay. So right next to the Church of Jesu, they have, you okay. have the Stanze, the San Ignacio, the rooms of okay. St. Ignatius. Okay. It's sort of a museum now, but you can go into what was his bedroom, where yeah. he would have written the constitutions okay. uh, of ah. the Jesuits. So like the, the, they're like, it's like the rule of life, yeah, right? The, so yeah, okay. so all the, the things that a Jesuit does and doesn't do in order to grow in holiness <laughs> yeah. and live their mission. And that's so have, cool. I've never been there. What was, was it? What was it like? Well, the, the room itself is very simple, I guess. Yeah. The like wooden beams across the top, white walls. Uh-huh. Um, but it's it's now a, a small chapel. So they have the altar now. They have a tabernacle okay. in, in the room. There's a couple paintings of St. Ignatius. OK. Uh, but just to be there in that room, I sensed a real uh, like, I don't know, just like a motivation to really go deeper in my prayer. So that mass was beautiful for me because uh, I've also been I'm part of this prayer group we just started a couple weeks ago. Okay. That we're following this 40 week program. The book's actually called 40 Weeks. Wow, that's a long time. And weeks. it's 40 weeks. It's almost so a whole almost year. Almost a year, yeah. Uh, and each week is not necessarily. It's kind of like spiritual exercises. So if you haven't seen our episode on the 30 day uh, date, yeah, 30 day date to understand what a week means for Saint Ignatius is not necessarily seven days. Right. It could be more. It's 30 days. Yeah. Yeah. Could well, be more, actually, no, well, the, the week, week itself is, yeah. Yeah, because it was four weeks, 30 yeah. days, but yeah. you can, you know, switch things around. So this this book, similar theme, but it takes uh, different topics. And okay. what it tries to lead you to is to become better at discerning in your life. So, mm-hmm. Which was a huge, to- a huge yeah. uh, uh, theme in Ignatius' life, yeah. right? It's huge. And discernment. What, I, what I've really gotten from it so far, we're only in week four now. Mm-hmm. But what I've gotten from it is 
so St. Ignatius, for example, he begins, he has this huge conversion, as most of us know. Mm-hmm. He, was a, he was a soldier, wanted glory for himself. Uh, in the battle, he gets hurt. And then during his time of recuperating, um, he starts reading St. Books. Conversion yeah. happens. That's a real long story short, right? Yeah. But then he becomes this super gung-ho Catholic. Yeah. Like, I'm going to be the best Catholic ever, the, the yeah. saintliest saint ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, which can happen, and it's a great thing. Yeah. But there's a danger. Yeah. And that danger is that you become, it becomes all about you, and yeah. you become a saint. Yeah, and you pride. Do yeah. All, exactly, it's a pride. It's always pride, man. Yeah. And pride before the fall. So, if, but if you notice that, if you know how to discern, yeah. you're St. Ignatius, so in this book, it tries to teach you how to do that. Uh-huh. Um, you can unmask those lies. And so, one of his things that, like, he had this this moment of, ah, right? Yeah. This ah moment, mm-hmm. or ah. Or a light bulb, bing. light bulb, bing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he he went to confession to um, get like his everything off his chest. Yeah, and then a couple of days later, he felt like no, I have to repeat those. I have to go back to confession mm, and say the sins again. Yeah, and he has to go back again and again and again. And he he notices this pattern. Yeah, like scru- like he's being scrupulous. Like exactly. He's, he's, so he's, exactly. He's like, was I forgiven? You know. Yeah, and he, I actually used to, I used to, sometimes I used to feel that way with confession. Like, oh, you know, like am I totally clean and like hmm. yes of course yeah it obliterates your sin yeah and, it, and it's an example of faith yeah or it, it is faith uh-huh. to believe okay well if, if christ says i through the priest i absolve you from sins then you don't have to repeat them you don't have to you can say okay he forgives me yeah and so we need to forgive ourselves and in doing that he realized okay this pattern is not leading me towards god it's actually leading me just to, to think to my, about myself to myself yeah. focus on myself and so he by by realizing that he realized okay well that's not coming from god so who's it coming from it's coming from these these other spirits, these yeah. other these other um, negative uh, forces around me, the devil mm-hmm. and his demons, and mm-hmm. and, and, our, so, and ourselves, and it yeah. gave him freedom. Yeah, and that's that's why I loved. So I don't know. This forty weeks has been really <clears throat> good, fantastic for me. And that's cool that you got to go to the to his to his like bedroom yeah. area because a month or so ago you were in his in Madresa in Spain. Yes, where he where he was inspired to to develop the spiritual exercises. The spiritual exercises, yeah. This yes. and it was just a cave. And that was sort of during this whole conversion process that he he was really hard on himself. Like he would fast yeah. almost to the point of dying. Uh-huh. He would whip himself, like give himself lashes oh like in uh, remorse for his sins. Right. Um, but yeah, so being here in these holy places, um, wow. super inspired by St. Ignatius and the Jesuit spirituality. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. I think it can, yeah, it can help the world they've given so a much lot. The, they've given so much to the church. Yeah. yeah. So wow, it's that's been, cool. yeah, it's been good. And how's... How's everything? You you just mentioned your we had cousin, a, sort of cousin. Oh yeah, that's right. So I have a I have a relative. He's he's like an uncle. Um, he's he's an he's a, he's my dad's cousin. So so if you're one of your parents' cousins, is your first cousin once removed? In there you go. So I always get those things. But I never call him. Cousin, hey, cousin. first cousin once removed. How's it going? You know, just, <laughs> he's like he's like an uncle because we would see him at Christmas time. And you know he's actually he's you know he's kind of a he's kind of a, a big guy and so he would always dress up jolly as, jolly you could say yeah he he always dress up as Santa Claus, um, so he was he was he's a priest and he he would always dress up as we'd always go to his rectory, and he um, he would dress up as Santa Claus and he would give the gifts and out to our to our family we we would meet he would celebrate the mass the vigil Christmas vigil mass and then we'd all meet in the rectory afterwards and that um, was that was a lot of fun on Christmas Christmas Eve every year. And he's coming to Rome next week. Actually, a year or two ago, two years ago, he was named a bishop by Pope Francis. Uh, so he works in the Archdiocese of Detroit. He's an auxiliary bishop. So he's a like a helping bishop to the 
to the Archbishop of Detroit. And he's coming to Rome next week because he's going to meet with the Pope. When you tell people you have an uncle who's a bishop, what's like, yeah, is there like a question you always get? Like, I don't know. Well, I don't. Or you don't go around. I don't, I don't tell. I mean, like. Hi, Brother Andrew, and I, my uncle's a Hi. bishop. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> Can you imagine? Like, like as if I derived my, the importance <laughs> from, of myself by the fact of who my relatives are. No, I, it's just, it just happened. And like, it's, I don't know. God. I was thinking like the twin, like if you have a twin. Yeah. I think everyone always wants to ask like, can you read their mind? Exactly. I don't yeah, know if you have yeah, an uncle yeah. who's a bishop or there's. Yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's, 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 he's Father Bob, Bishop Bob. Yeah. To, uh, he's just, he's a normal guy and he's just. <laughs> no, bishop. okay. That's awesome. But, um, he, um. But he's so he's coming next week because all of the bishops in the U.S. right now are taking turns coming to Rome, um, uh, region by region, from the northeast to all the way to the southwest, little by little, meeting with the Pope. So every five or so years, every bishop, every all the bishops in each country come to Rome to ad limina. It's called ad limina, which is on the threshold. It means on the threshold in Latin. So it's go. like on the threshold of the apostles. So it's like coming to the doorstep of the successors of the apostles in Rome. Okay. So it's like crossing the threshold because it's like you're going through the door to, to where the apostles started their ministry. I and, did not know and, that. And that's where, well, that's where Peter Peter is buried, right? Hmm. Under, under under the main altar in St. Peter's. So they're going to meet, so they're going to meet with the, with, with the successor of St. Peter, Pope, Pope Francis. So yeah, I'm really excited. He's coming next week and. Are you gonna see him at all? And yeah, 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 yeah. We have to. Yeah, we'll have to. We're, we're have to. We'll have to figure out what to do. But uh, he's coming. He's arriving on the on Sunday next week, December eighth, Immaculate Conception. And uh, yeah, I'll have to say, hey, you know, when you meet with you know, uh, Holy Father, just you know, tell him, you know, yeah, yeah, my nephew's doing the TGIFF. You know, oh, I'm sure he's. Heard, I'm sure he's heard of it. I'm sure it. that like, Pope Francis has already yeah. heard of it, right? Yeah, yeah, he's probably already, you know. He's yeah. a big fan, I think. Oh yeah, I'm sure. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> so, um, so yeah, I'll we'll have to. But it'll be fun. It'll be fun to to meet him next week, and I'll be excited to to hear what it's like to meet with the Pope. And and I'm really happy that I, I, it's the first time that all the bishops in the U.S. are meeting with Pope Francis. Uh-huh. first time. And for anybody who's remotely attentive to like uh, newspapers and Catholic media in the U.S., there's this huge idea that. Um, people in the U.S. or the bishops in the U.S. they're all opposed to Pope Francis, mm-hmm. right? And because because Pope Francis, being from Latin America, isn't he? He doesn't respond to a cultural need that's worth, that we're sensitive to in the U.S., which is clarity, right? Mm-hmm. Clarity, clear things. That is not one of Pope Francis's. Uh, it's not part of his personality. Yeah, um, but also he, maybe not part of his uh, approach to his pastoral approach, however you like to say it. Yeah, yeah. Not necessarily like he lacks this, but it's almost. Like, I sometimes see it, and. I could be wrong, but as his way of, I don't know, leaving the discussion more like talking about discernment, he's Jesuit. Yeah. yeah. They're like, okay, well, I'm not as a Pope going to try to tell everyone in these different parts of the world in yeah. extremely different Keep cultures. Keep black and white. Yeah, yeah. it's black uh-huh. and white. This is what you need to do. This is what you can't do. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think I think he's um, maybe a collateral effect of that approach is a struggle for those of us who are used to you know, clarity, etc. So that's a collateral effect yes. that that um, is definitely, I think it's uh, criticizable, mm-hmm. um, um, both in its good aspects and its bad aspects. Um, but I think that his approach is is to like reach out to people who are just they're always used to the church saying this, 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 and uh, no, 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 or, or 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 they think that that's the way the church operates. Obviously, we know that's mm-hmm. that's not how the church operates, but they think that's their perception. And so mm-hmm. his change in style 
is to reach out to people who who um, haven't experienced the church in a healthier way. And I think at least I've met people who say, yeah, Pope Francis has really touched me in a way, you know, people who've, you know, you've been away from the church. So I think that's, I think that's good. So anyways, but bringing mm. it back to my, to, to the bishops meeting with him, I'm really happy they get to meet him. And they, and they, and I also read that Pope Francis, when he meets with bishops of countries, cause he does it, he does it all the time. He always gives them like a, an hour and an hour and a half or two hour period in his daily schedule you know, each get all gathered together just to just to questions and answers. Wow! So I'm really happy that they all get to come to with the Pope, and they can hopefully they can talk about you know like issues that are like like why do, why do people think that we're that we're like two different yeah. opposing forces like like how can we what, how can we work together like so I think it's it's really helpful that they get to meet together. I hope they I, I would love to be a fly on the wall in those uh, in those. That makes me think yeah. too the like, what a beautiful thing that there's a personal approach because. I think any, so like the Pope can't be, he's supposed to be a father, like the Holy Father, we call him, yeah. and like a shepherd of the church. You can't be a shepherd from way off. Like you're yeah. talking about these sheep at the beginning. Yeah. You know the voice of the shepherd. Why? Because he's close to them. Right. And so this ad limina makes it possible yeah. to have a personal approach with the the instrument of Christ right. on this earth who's supposed to be yeah. guiding us yeah, yeah, yeah. as a shepherd. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the personal approach is something that we as legionaries also, yeah. Notre Dame Christie members, yeah, uh, we one on one, yeah, we we put a lot of emphasis on that because that's also a very it's a more effective way. Maybe you can have a retreat or give a talk to thousands of people, yeah, but maybe it doesn't have that same, yeah, exactly, uh, effect the personal approach, that, yeah, yeah. You, maybe you can go deeper when there's less people, when in that personal, you're able to ask questions that you have on your heart. Where if it's a huge group, yeah. Maybe you never get that chance to even open up. Right, exactly. So, and that's just like the, well, yesterday we had a, we had our retreat for Upper Room. Upper Room. Just yesterday. That's right. The pasta that you, that you were involved uh, in, Brother Luke. I, and I love it. And I'm a huge <laughs> fan and supporter. We feel so rejected. <laughs> it was a, that was a discernment, speaking of discernment, that I exactly. had to do at the beginning of the year. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I'm, I'm so happy to see that it's going well. How was the retreat yesterday? It was really good. It was great. Well, so Brother Luke was what you were, you were in it with us last year, right? Yeah, but you yeah. had to, but you had to switch to. You're helping out at a parish now, um, so. But so this year, so that yesterday, sorry, yesterday we had our Advent retreat, um, which was the feast of Saint Andrew. <laughs> That's right, and we had it. It was in the afternoon, and and you know, like you, you, what you were saying about numbers. You know, I was, um, you know, we were hoping that I was hoping that you know there'd be a lot of people. You know, maybe like fifteen, twenty, um, but in the end there were. I think there were six or seven. Okay, I six or seven, and then good. Several and several legionaries and a, and a consecrated woman from Anne Christie. So, um, so it was a smaller group, but so. But one thing I was thinking is, is that we, like, you know, I'm we're still, we're forming ourselves to be priests. I can't uh, live in some fantasy world where I'm just imagining myself in front of this huge crowd and like everybody's just bowing down before my golden words while I'm preaching and <laughs> not that I've ever, I actually never imagined that, but, but I, I guess I could imagine that. It but happens I, all the time. Whenever you open your mouth, it's pretty much what happens. Pretty much. Everybody is just waiting to genuflect, <laughs> waiting for their turn. Can I genuflect now? But, um, but no, so, so I was thinking, um, you know, this is a small, this is a small little group and the Holy Spirit wants me to give myself completely to these people. And it it doesn't make any sense at all to to be worried about how many people are there. It's about serving and loving these people who are in front of me now in this moment. 
And if, like you were saying, if it was this, some, if it's some, if it's a big crowd, the dynamic changes, right? Because when there's a lot of people, you can't dedicate that one-on-one time to, to, to people, hmm. like Jesus did with his small group of twelve apostles, right? He picked he, this; that was his pastoral approach, right? So, so my dunque, you know, dunque hermeneutic. Yes, my dunque. We don't from, just do. We dunque it. Yes, that's right. So my um, my dunque was, um, you know, Andrew, just just love these people here, and and give your best. Uh, speak about Jesus from your heart, and. And God will bring good out of it. And if He wants to, if He wants to put it on people's hearts to to come to more people to come on the, on future retreats, great. If it continues to be small, even though I, we try to make it grow, um, well, this is this is the circumstance, right? Um, obviously, you know, you have to. We have to be smart about how we invest our time. Like if if a project, if there's not a lot of people, and if it's a if the project is kind of like wobbling or like an apostle that's kind of suffering, you have to, you have to be intelligent, right? Yeah. But but the but the reality here in Rome is that it's the the people that we that we serve in Upper Room it's a smaller group, and they're American college students or people young people young working. adults working right and so that group is already pretty reduced and then the people and then so so it was but it was a beautiful retreat and how was it what did the peop, the some of the young people say so after? one guy texted me today and he he was just very he was very grateful he said um, he was he was he said he was blown away by the the spirit of kindness and generosity hey. that he felt during the retreat, and maybe that's not possible. If like a thousand people, you just feel like right. you're being herded like cattle. Yeah, but when it's a yeah, small yeah, group, yeah. it's a family, and it's exactly you're able to live that. Yeah, um, not to interrupt, but I remember uh, this just came to me. The there was a retreat when I was my we were in our second year. You were over there in Ireland, in Ireland, and that's I was right. in Cheshire, uh-huh. Connecticut, uh-huh. and we ran this retreat. We ended up having over, it was like 110 people came. Was this Ignition? There were three buses. It was like, yeah, one of the first years of Ignition. It was called GPS okay. still. GPS, God's it Plan for Your Soul. God's Plan for Your Soul okay. by Justin Keelhorn. That's, so, that's such Shout a cool out. name. And yeah. uh, so, but we had 110 people coming. Uh-huh. And we had, there were all these little details, like, as always, that weren't figured out yet. But right. we still had six hours or whatever they're supposed to be. They're, they're on their way. Yeah. So I remember knocking on the rector's door, Father uh-huh. Christopher, who's now uh-huh. our rector here in Rome. Yeah, yeah. Um, to add a whole list of things. I'm going to ask him this, this, this and uh-huh, this to make uh-huh. sure we're all set. Yeah. And right as I'm about to go to knock, I uh-huh. look out the window, and uh-huh. up this long driveway of Cheshire comes two buses. Oh, my gosh. And they'd arrived super early without telling us. <laughs> and there's about, that's about 80 people arriving. Yeah, Before, yeah, yeah. like, there's all these things that I would love to have ironed out to make right. sure things go smoothly. <laughs> and so I kind of started to panic. It sounds like Martha. Father Christopher <laughs> opens the door. Yeah, exactly. And I remember I had this, and it has to be the Holy Spirit, but yeah. I remember just thinking to myself, okay, don't panic. Uh-huh. But look, I, you don't worry about saying the right thing to each of these people. Don't worry about grabbing the microphone and being super clear and, and yeah. so that there's no chaos. Just be Jesus. Yeah. This whole weekend, your job is to be Jesus. I love that. That's, that's great. And I was yeah. so happy. Yeah. I didn't have stress. Yeah. And I remember just kind of what you were saying, like the testimonies of some of the guys at the end. Like, so the last dinner, it's with all the brothers yeah. in the seminary. And they all talk about their experience. And it's amazing what they get out of it. Yeah. Like I can have my idea of, oh, I, I wanted to give them this talk and give them, make sure that they went home with this idea. Right. And they go home just blown away by the charity or yeah. blown away by yeah, yeah, yeah. the fact that – we have so much food to put on the table every day. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but deeper things the, as well. The spirit. The yeah. spirit, yeah. And so it's not necessarily us. It's not It's not us. Yeah. God's a protagonist. He knows why six came rather than 60. And... Right. And he chooses to inspire people in ways that we can't foresee. And we can't control that process. Yeah. Exactly. And that's how we, I think he works in our lives as well. Yeah. That's how it worked in my life. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So That's let's good. do one word of this person or whatever. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, about the so about the so that was a Christmas retreat, the ignition, and I talked about my Advent retreat. We, I think we need to talk about like Advent. Like, oh we yes, just, we just started it. And, I, and actually, the um, before we get to these advantageous advantations, man, we so need, we need to copyright that. Yes, maybe <laughs> the first Advent advantageous advantation uh-huh. could just be the importance of prayer because yeah. So I was um, I've been praying using the the passage of. Martha and Mary and the death of Lazarus. Oh man! Dun, dun, dun. And Let's see, that's John. John eleven. Yes, yeah, very nice. good. good job. See, uh, you know, Catholics know Catholics the Bible. Do know the Bible, <laughs> you know. And and so, because during this forty weeks, this group that I have with some of the brothers, um, we meet once a week and we talk about each chapter of these of this book, um, corresponding to each week for this forty week journey. Mm-hmm. The um, theme that it's constantly coming up for me is the word powerlessness. Okay. And how powerlessness actually becomes our strength. No, something I was struggling with. And praying about this passage of Martha and Mary, it hit me yeah. that power, powerlessness can mm-hmm. become our superpower. Okay. Because Martha and Mary can't bring Lazarus back. In yeah. fact, he's been dead. He smells. He's in the cave. Four days. Four days. Yeah. And there's nothing they can do. There's no way, no yeah. science, nothing can yeah. bring him back. What ends up bringing him back are the tears of Martha and Mary, but especially Mary when she comes and she's crying and yeah. Jesus is perturbed. He's, yeah, he's yeah, angry yeah, at the situation. Yeah, yeah. But he, because of her tears, because of her yeah. her powerlessness, yeah. he's moved. Yeah. And he says, "Okay, where is he?" Yeah, yeah. And he and brings Lazarus back from the dead. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so, like, if we think, like, oh, I can't run this retreat with this many people, or yeah. um, I'll never be a good priest because, like, I get distracted in my prayer or whatever. Or, okay, it's yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or being a good mom or dad. Yeah. Or, or like, I need to have the perfect situation. Or oh, the house is dirty. Yeah, or, I yeah. think maybe this Advent, the first thing we can say is, "Hey." Recognize we're not super. Yeah, we're not Superman, Superwoman. Yeah, we're not the Avenger, Avengers. Yeah, unfortunately. Um, Endgame is just a movie. Oh In gosh. real life, I don't have those awesome superpowers. Yeah, I can't shoot webs out of my hands. Yeah. but I do have the superpower of my powerlessness. Yeah, that I can go to Jesus in tears and yeah. know that His heart will be moved. Yeah, even to yeah. none of us have this problem, but even if I need someone raised from the dead, yeah, like this afternoon, yeah. That I, that could happen, yeah. Not because of me, but because of yeah. It, it does happen. People come. People people do come <laughs> back from, from clinical death. Yeah, yeah. Actually, it does. There so, are miracles. People have in, yeah. invoked saints, and yeah, yeah, it happens. And the small miracles are big miracles that you need in your life right now. With yeah, that we need in our lives. Yeah, we can go to Jesus. This Advent is a time of showing our powerlessness. Yes. Okay. So yeah. advantageous advantations. Yes. One was prayer. Two. Two is. What do you got for us, Andrew? Two is okay. I really feel strongly about this one, Brother Luke. Um, so I'm. I should preface this by saying I'm not a party pooper. <laughs> no, he's not. Okay? I am not a party pooper. He I organizes love, board games. I love partying all the time. <laughs> I love partying. Catan and so no pooping at my parties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> all right, but I do. TGIFF, TMI. Exactly, TMI. Okay. But I would say that I feel strongly about not anticipating. The full joy of Christmas too soon. What is that? Not mean? anticipating the full joy of Christmas too soon. Let me let me give an example. So let's say I have um let's say, you know, some families that are listening to us um back home in the States, you know, they send us, you know, peanut butter and Reese's pieces. Like say they send us a package for Christmas, just a random example. Um if I open that in my room and start eating all, all the peanut butter, you know, the Reese's Pieces and the uh, different assortments of American candies that they packed for us and sent, you know, for Christmas. Um, if I open that and eat all those, 
um, like right when I get them, like I'm, I, I'm, I deprive myself of enjoying them over, over a longer period of time, right? Or to use another example, if I want to watch, if I'm, if I'm going, if I'm, if I'm planning a trip somewhere and let's say I'm going to, I've always wanted to go to Norway, uh, if, okay. Let's, let's say I'm planning this trip to Norway. Wasn't there a girl at the retreat yesterday from Norway? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so that was cool. But anyway, <laughs> so so let's say I let's say I'm planning to go to Norway and um, I find out everything I can about Norway and I and I Google Map every everything. Inch. Yeah, exactly. And I read all these books and everything, you know, to be informed and and I'm sort of I'm sort of depriving myself of. Now, on the one hand, you want you want to be prepared for a trip, right? But on the other hand. I'm sort of depriving myself of the experience of when it comes. Or even know? if you have a book, no one would ever do this because it doesn't make any sense. But right. you do it maybe in this in this this uh, context of Advent. Yeah. You you buy the newest book. Yeah. And you go immediately to the last chapter and read the end because you can't wait. Yeah. Exactly. That, no one does that. Yeah. Because you enjoy it more. Exactly. Starting from the introduction, chapter one. Yeah. Getting the whole story and the whole time Cl- you're anticipating. And the climax is building. And it's builds and there's yeah, twists yeah, yeah. and turns. Yeah. Yeah. And then when you finally get to that, to that, you know, close to the end chapter and it's like, oh, this is amazing. And it's been weeks and you've been living with his character. Exactly. And... Yeah. That's, that's, that's a better example than that's... what I was saying. Yeah, exactly. That Nothing's is. Nothing's better than peanut butter, but. Well, that was pretty good. <laughs> we'll see what actually what happens, right? <laughs> but so I would say. If you have it... to decide between sending us a book and peanut butter. <laughs> no, I, obviously the latter. Obviously the latter. But so I would say that um, our joy is greater when we put the brakes on joy. Hmm. So if a big tendency in today's culture is to, especially when Christmas, is just to go ahead quick to like all the Christmas parties, put all the lights up already, um, put the, listen to Christmas music already. I know Brother Vin Pham, shout out to Brother <laughs> Vin Pham, likes Christmas music, and I know he likes to listen to it immediately. Right you can't do that during right. Advent? Are you, are you saying? We're not going to say, we're not going to give any hard, fast rules. Okay. Everybody, principles. Everybody has to discern. Like, Advent, what you're advantageous advantageous is all principles. Exactly. Okay. My, the principle that I'm trying to, after all this, you know, blah, 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 blah that I'm saying is don't anticipate the full joy of Christmas yet. Because if you start living the, the intense joys of Christmas from the beginning of Advent, then when Christmas comes, your joy, your joy will have already been at a high, right? Mm. And so it won't be able to go higher. Whereas if you say, okay, I know Christmas is coming, but I'm going to go deeper into the mystery of why the world needs a Messiah. You know, the, the hopes of the Jewish people um, wanting a Messiah to come. And I, and I go through that little by little. Maybe we, we'll have some practical, yeah, and you, practical and using tips. The, yeah, using the first readings, right? That, exactly. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. For that's another, that's another, an ad, another adv- advantageous Advantage number three related exactly. to number two. Exactly. Is, go, is using the first reading at Mass. For it, it's all strategic. The, the church... Our mother leading us through the liturgical year. Um, happy New Year, right? That's right. It's also liturgical, happy New Year. We're just at the beginning here. Um, yeah, it is, the readings aren't random. That's so right. So the first reading is like Brother Andrew was saying, are a way to prepare our hearts for the coming of the Messiah. And we all know the story. Mm-hmm. So you can say, oh, I've already read the last chapter of that book. Yeah. I've already devoured the Reese's Pieces. But yeah. yeah. You can every year. It's like it's a new. He comes in grace. Yeah, that's a new coming. And that that, isn't that grace the same. is new. Yeah, yeah. God is an eternal present. Yeah. So there's not like ah well yeah I already had the idea that God came and saves me and that's that was great last year but now it's like right now what no, no. because because every year you're different 
And one, one, one priest uh, who I really admire, he's a priest in the seminary, Father David Abad. Oh, yes. Father David my Abbott. Sp- <laughs> <laughs> my spiritual director. Is he your spiritual director? No, he's not. But okay. I sometimes go to him for confession. Yeah. Every time he preaches, it's always like he's in, he's, he's very quiet when he preaches. Yes. And it, it's, it almost sounds like his words are just anointed. <laughs> I don't know, or like he's in a spiritual, well, or like he's in a spiritual ecstasy. I don't yeah, know. I always pay attention to him yeah. when he preaches. But he said once in um, we should always pay attention to whoever's preaching. But okay, exactly, exactly, yeah, we should always pay attention. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but he said once in a, in a talk that every year when you every every time you get to Advent or Lent or Easter or whatever, you're all, you're always different from the year before because you're you're slowly going up a mountain, and you. You're, it's like a, like going up a mountain in like a spiral. Like you're, you're sometimes you can't tell that you're advancing, but you are, and you're slowly getting higher and higher. You know, through life you mature little by little, little by little, and you see things from a different perspective. And so, our being where we are right now is a little bit higher, you know, God willing, than last year. And so we, so we shouldn't say, oh well, I, you know, Advent again, Christmas again, you know, same thing, same thing. Well, no, we're, we're you're different. Hmm. Hopefully, and I would even say too. That our whole life is like going up this mountain and Advent, Lent, and these like mm-hmm. these very concentrated moments of grace. Yeah. Like if you take advantage, it's like putting on a jet pack. And instead of like yeah. having to walk, oh, this is really tiring. Yeah. Walk up this mountain. It's like just, I don't know, pull the cord and let the jet pack do the work. Let yeah, yeah, God's yeah. grace just blow you up that mountain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like give you a burst of. Yeah. Um, That's what St. Therese said. Like well, she said with, uh, I don't know. Did she I say love St. Therese. Did she say it in. In reference to her littleness, was like, like just an, like getting on an elevator. Hmm. Yeah, and, exactly. And just going up. She found the elevator, and when Jesus said, "Come to me, all you who are, who are tired, labor, and burdened." Yeah. And and I, I think it was that context. Okay. But that that idea. Yeah. That hey, like I know if you're weak and powerless. Yeah. Like come to me, and I'll pick you up. Yeah. And so if you want to go to Jesus, the best way to go to Jesus is that have Him pick us up. Yeah. And I think to, to keep, I have this idea for my. Um, so I'm have this these kids getting ready for a confirmation. Okay. Yeah. So every Sunday we'll go to them, and so we're gonna try this thing during Advent, the okay. lock screen competition. Oh yeah. And so everyone on their phone, you I think for these kids it's probably like a soccer player or okay. maybe they're themselves a picture with their, themselves and their best friend or their right. mom or right. um, family, or you just have a beautiful background, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And so during the Advent, we're gonna have each of them kind of do a competition. Every week you have to come with a new lock screen okay. that has something to do with Christmas. Okay. Advent, the theme of yeah. of Christmas or Advent. Um, and they can design it however they want. They can make it as uh, mm-hmm. custom made as they want, or they can just find an image on Google that they like. Yeah. But put it as their lock screen, the background of their phone. Uh-huh. And every week has to change. And I'm hoping that it's something we all have our phones with us all the time. Yeah. And like it's maybe not the best thing. But if you're gonna have your phone with you all the time. Might as well every time you turn it on, yeah. be reminded, ah, yeah, I'm in Advent. Yeah, and exactly. put like a motivational word or phrase on there. Yeah. So like this would be Prince a... of Peace or whatever it is okay. that's going to help you. Ah, uh, yeah, this is why, this is what I'm excited about on, yeah. uh, on December 24th, 25th. Yeah, yeah. So this would be, just to be clear, advantageous, advantageous number four. Number four, I believe. I think so, yeah. So lock screen competition. Make your lock screen an advent themed lock screen. Okay. And if you have a really good one, share it on our yeah. Facebook page. One thing that I like, one thing that I like to do, I, 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 I totally agree with you. I, I, right now, actually, I have an image. I need to change it. I have an image of Christ the King, um, but I need to change it to, I, each week of Advent, I actually, that's a good one. I find, um, well, because of the, because of the Advent, well, our future 
advantageous advantageous talking about the, re- about the wreath, right? Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. But I always pick an image of during Advent of the, of a wreath. Hmm. In the first week of Advent, I find an image of where one candle is lit. Ah, there you go. And then the second week, two, and et cetera, until the fourth, until the fourth. And then the third week, uh, third week of Advent, you have Gaudete Sunday. Pink. The, when the priest wears pink. <laughs> and I remember Father Zachary Dominguez, you know, the big tough. Of course. He, his first mass was with the, was on Gaudete Sunday, so he wore a pink chasuble. <laughs> <laughs> like big tough. Which is not his personality, but it shows you don't, like... Uh, it was really funny. God, yeah, God's will first, even for you yeah, know, even true him. toughness and true manliness. Uh-huh. Is saying God's yes to God's will no matter what, even if it's wearing a pink chasuble. So, <laughs> so, I, so I, every week I change it according to there. And there's tons of images. Ah. There's tons of images on uh, on Google, or you could make it a nativity scene. Um, yeah, or walking in the desert, the journey that Mary and Joseph are doing right now. Yeah, whatever it is towards Bethlehem. Okay, yeah. adventation number five is. So you said Reese. I was thinking major scene, <laughs> but I had breakfast with uh, yeah. a family okay. Okay. from our catechism class. It was very nice that they had us over for breakfast. We had an Italian style uh, Napolitano actually breakfast because ah, they're okay. from Naples. They live in Rome, but they're originally both of the, okay. the husband and wife from Naples. Yeah. Every year in their house in Naples, they the father and the son build a nativity scene in their living room. Mm-hmm. But it's not just they build a nativity scene; they add to it every year. And they they were excited to tell me this okay. year we're planning on adding. The sky, and they're gonna add like the stars and the okay. the, the, the main star and the, like all the blue. Yeah. But they were they had videos of their nativity scene, and uh-huh. it's amazing because they go through it and there's all these little details that they themselves have worked with their hands. Right. And they have their whole living room becomes the the wood woodwork shop. Okay. And they had saws out and things, and they're cutting oh, these little wow. little pieces. Yeah. Making the houses. Yeah. They have. They said there's um there's two people that can't be missing in the. Well, there's probably a few more, but yeah. can't be missing a nativity scene. Jesus, obviously. Right. Yeah. It's also on him. Yeah. And then the drunk guy. And this <laughs> the is drunk this guy. is no <laughs> Napoli style nativity uh-huh. scenes because uh-huh. you have a bunch of different figures. Like you have the <clears throat> lady carrying a big pot on her head of whatever yeah. I think it's bread. You have the guy selling chestnuts. A pot of bread. <laughs> gotcha. A basket. There you go. And uh, whatever it is, I don't know well, if it's folks go grab fruit. your pots of bread immediately. Of <laughs> Everyone's going right on their head right now. I always have a pot of bread in my room. Uh, but there's also this guy with wine celebrating Christmas. Okay, but he's a little bit gone. You know, he's a little okay, he's a little tipsy. Okay. But he's all, in every if it's a nativity scene and it's a true nativity uh, scene of Napoli. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's got to have the the, the guy, the drunk guy. Yeah. Okay. Cool. So it's like that's like so, a tradition that they yeah. have. A tradition that he said his 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 dad did it with him and all of his brothers and sisters. Now all his brothers and sisters do it with their kids. Yeah. Uh, and it's again, it's a beautiful. They're excited. I can't wait for Avram because that's when we start building our nativity scene. Uh huh. Oh, and then the cool. mom's like, "Oh no, that's when I lose my lose my living room." Uh-huh. But uh-huh. they're excited oh, about so it. So it's like this huge, like kind of like a life size type. of So thing? the one in the dad's house is gigantic. The okay. one in their living room right now fits on your. So you ate there and you, you ate there and you saw it. Or... No, because it's their house in Naples. Oh, okay. okay. But the, okay. The, eventually, I think yeah. it's going to take over their whole house. Okay. The this, the. Gabriele, the son, was already saying, yeah. can we put it on, like, the kitchen table this year because it's bigger? Yeah. And I was like, no, 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 no. That's uh-huh, where I, uh-huh, I draw uh-huh, the line. Uh-huh. But uh-huh. Um, So that's – there you go. Like, some type of tradition, whether it's yeah. major scenes, whether it's – Because then you, like, desire to do it and you know, you're thinking about it. It, it. it makes you – it puts you in a dynamic of, like, oh, you know, next year and, like, it's something that you build every year. Yes. Yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. So that's what Advent's about, building anticipation but not spoiling it. Not right? spo- not living – yeah, not living the full joy Adventation yet. number two. Exactly. So. Number two. And I even – I even 
I don't like putting the baby. This is just me. I don't like putting the baby Jesus from the beginning of Advent. Of course not. Who does that? You can't do that. It's, it's illegal. You exactly. can put the drunk guy. Exactly, but not the baby Jesus. You put <laughs> baby Jesus on the twenty fourth in the evening. Exactly. exactly. After midnight mass, if you'd like, or at least after the evening hour. After vespers. Vespers. That's so right. we can talk about that next time. <laughs> you want any last adventations before we? Advantageous adventations. Um, there's so many of them, brother Luke. A brother um, was telling me just he's gonna grab a book that he likes. Um, I can't remember the name of the author, but uh, just any book on the life of Christ and yeah. focusing on this time yeah. of the, the birth of Jesus yes. could help. Just a Fulton visiting... Sheen, Fulton Sheen, who's going to be beatified yes, on December fantastic. 21st, I believe. Ah, okay, that's coming so, up. So if you want to prepare for, if, you're, if you like Fulton Sheen, if you've watched some of his stuff, um, he's, he's written, I don't know how many books he's written. I'm sure he's written, oh. I, I can't, I haven't read, read a lot of them. I think it's in the 90s. To tell you the truth, I the, remember reading that the nineties, like he's written ninety something. Books. Oh, ninety something. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, so he's written. He's probably written in his book about the life of Christ, the, the classic book that uh, that we've read. Oh, that's so good. He um he has chapters on on the birth of Jesus, on the incarnation. Those are worth reading. I actually, I think maybe I want to. I want to do. I want to do. That's that. a good idea. Yeah. I might do that too. Because yeah. so together he's eating beatified. So yeah, maybe it's it's his gift. Like hey, you know, yeah. focus on focus you know, on this, Sheen. This, yeah, yeah. Focus on Sheen. Yeah, there it could go. be God. Maybe God wants us to. Yeah, he's written. He's written a lot, and there's a lot to learn from him. But I, I remember, I remember an adventation. Adventation number six. Number six is about poverty. Ah, okay. Poverty. 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 Because so, we live, we have the vow of poverty. That's right. But not everyone has a vow of poverty, brother Andrew. That's right. But poverty is a virtue to which we're all called. The gospel okay. poverty. Okay. So agree. Let me explain. So one, sometimes, like, you know, we always we're always a little uncomfortable around somebody who's homeless, right? We go on the street, we're walking through a, a big city, see somebody who's homeless, you know, you kind of like turn the eye and you don't, don't pay attention. So one thing that I wanted to, I noticed that about myself. And one mm. thing that I, that I wanted to, I was like, that's, that's, that's not good. That's, that's not good. You shouldn't, you shouldn't, you shouldn't allow that to be acceptable. You, something needs to change about it. Yeah, you. because Christ is, yeah, it's very obvious in the Gospels and in the saints that you go up to those people St. Right. Francis kissed the leper. That's right. Mother Teresa is another example. Yeah. Oh, she's amazing. So. Yeah. And so, and so because Jesus came, Jesus identified with the poor, right? Born in stable, et cetera. Um, poverty could be a really cool virtue to think about for, for Advent. And one practical thing relating to homeless is to, is to, to talk to somebody who's homeless whenever you see him. One thing that I did here when I got to Rome uh, a year ago, I, I decided, you know what? I'm going to be, God's called me to be, be, be a priest. I need to be available for everybody. Hmm. And so I wanted, so, so I met, I started, I started a little friendship with these, we, right before we get to St. Peter's Square, we get off the train and we go under this bridge. And there's always the same group of guys um, from Poland, actually. Mm-hmm. And they all, they all have names that start with K. That's <laughs> interesting. Casper. Casper, Carol. Christoph. Christoph. And... Kamil. Ah, yes, exactly. Kamil. Exactly. So, yeah, so you know him too. So, mm-hmm. so these guys are, they're always there, and I, and I, and I try to you know, talk to them a little bit, and, and, and like, but like, to touch their hands, and like, like, be close to them, and not be concerned about like, well, who knows when the last time they took a shower or whatever. Like, yeah. like, like yeah. no, no, no. Like, like, no, like, no, like, be close to them physically, and, and that's, I've, that's made me freer. That's made me freer because I'm, I'm not, 
I mean, every now I I always have to like refresh the batteries, right? Yes, exactly. But and sometimes you're in a hurry, so then it's yeah. the question of okay, well, do I, am I late for my appointment or do I yeah. Yeah, talk yeah, to these people. Yeah, and, and it's and it's not it's not a, make it quick. It's not a sin if you just exactly it's not if you just keep on going. But but you should have the the desire in your heart to to be close to people who are poor. And even if you feel the opposite of a desire, if you feel repulsion or feel aversion, right? Just the the will to exactly. I want to help this yeah. person. My life, I complain about it, but it's yeah pretty fantastic yeah. compared to some other people. Exactly. So yeah, and that's that that's that's a golden opportunity, I think, for. For to live advent advantageously. Okay, so number six, like some type of homeless mission. Yeah. With with your family, why not? Go yeah. Out and exactly. Give, like I know in when Brother Andrew and I were both in Washington D.C., mm-hmm. Panera would yeah. just they're willing the to give chain. all. Yeah, yeah, the restaurant chain. They're willing to give all their bread and pastries that they didn't sell that day. Yeah. Because they can't sell them the next day. Yeah. Because you just don't do that. Yeah. Uh, if you want fresh pastries every you day, don't do that. Yeah. Don't don't do that. Don't do that. So um, <laughs> so you can go grab. Like trash bags full of this stuff, yeah, and it's free, and you get and give you it, out, it out, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, okay, and then next time we'll be talking. Uh, yeah. we can talk to you about the song that Brother Andrew wants to plan. That's right, Mary. Did you know? Did you know that your baby boy would one day roam the land? Okay, we have to work on that. Yeah, so <laughs> <laughs> we'll be bringing that to you soon. Exactly. But um, we're gonna record. Yes, yeah, so send us your lock screens on our Facebook page. Yeah. Uh, just TGIFF on Facebook. You can find us. Exactly. Or Brother Andrew Tory, Brother Luke Rowicki. Let us know of any other advantageous adventations that you have. Exactly. So send please. us your advantageous adventations. Yeah. And please pray for us too because uh, we want to live Advent well. Yes. And, and don't just do. Doom Quay. God bless you. God bless you.